0: And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. It's my desire this evening that the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus, is lifted up tonight. I'd like to welcome each of you here. I trust you've had a good day. And if you're ready, let's stand and do our memory selection together. We're doing 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians and 8, 8, 18 Let's say them together. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you. You did well. Is there anyone that's brave enough that they would like to stand up and share those verses this evening? Several did last evening, and I was blessed. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with so open face,
1: beholding at any glass the glory of the Lord, are changed to the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Glory.
0: as far as I know, that was wonderful. Very good. Okay, would you like to try? And the Lord
1: is that Spirit, and by the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding in the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the
0: Lord. Okay, thank you. Very good. Anyone else? I'm just starting to scan the crowd. Elam and Ellen, welcome. I thought maybe you might surprise me. I didn't know. Good to have you here this evening. Brother Elam and I have served together for quite a number of years together in the ministry. Uh, And Brother Elam, I did get your card. I will say uh, the ministry has been very supportive. I've heard from all of them. Uh, their support and prayers, one way or another, and that's a blessing. Anyone else on the uh, the memory selection for this evening?
1: <clears throat> now, the Lord is that Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is, and is but we all, with a face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord.
0: Very good. Thank you. I would just like to encourage us. uh, It's good if we can quote Scripture and and remember uh, Scripture, but the challenge is to live it out. And so I really believe it's God's great desire that you and I are changed into the same image as the Lord Jesus. Several years ago... Um, I was doing a series of sermons through the book of James. And it came to the point where I realized that there were some people in our congregation that seemed to be going through some very, very deep waters. There were two middle-aged men in the congregation who developed cancer. There was a couple that had a loss of a grandchild. There were some serious illnesses in the congregation. There were some surgeries that were going on. There was a couple that had a miscarriage. And there was another couple who had given a community man a home. They invited him into their home. He came in, they provided food, they provided lodging, and doing what they could. Um, this man had some emotional challenges, I'll say. And anyway, on a Sunday afternoon, the couple had laid down to take a nap and they heard a commotion, a noise. And this man that they were given the home went to a gun cabinet and had grabbed a pistol and the man said, don't do that! And he ran out on the porch and he committed suicide right in front of the man who had given the home. I'm saying, some pretty deep waters the congregation was going through. So I felt to put a halt on the series to James, and this sermon was born out of that experience. The title of the message this evening is, The Lord is on Board. None of us in this auditorium this evening are exempt from the struggles of life in the midst of the struggles sometimes we often seem alone and at times we may even identify with the Lord's struggle there on the cross where he said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me my dear people I assure you that God is where he always was God is still on the throne For a text this evening, I would invite you to 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. I feel sure there's probably some people here that could quote that for us. You know the verse, 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, where the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. And I'll stop there. I love that verse. Do you believe that verse for the eyes of the Lord is scanning, looking over the whole earth, looking to be able to minister to the needs of those that love Him? Maybe this is a poor illustration, but I I like to think... And I'm sure God has a much better procedure than this. It reminds me of Google Earth. It looks like God is up there and he's looking down over the whole earth. And then, I'm sure he doesn't do this, but he helps me understand it. He pushes a button and maximizes and then North America comes into view. Pushes a button and Virginia comes into view. And he pushes a maximized button And South Boston, the city or town of South Boston, comes into view, pushes a button, and the congregation here at Ebenezer comes right into focus and pushes a button, and the individual members within this congregation come right into focus, pushes a button again, and the inner parts of your heart, the needs that you have as individuals, individual needs, come right into focus for God. And God is looking for people it says here um, that he is looking for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, looking, looking throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. And I think that's beautiful. I thought about early in King Asa's reign, King Asa followed the Lord with all his heart. But you know the story of King Asa. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but there was an army that came against him that outnumbered his army two to one. And in Second Chronicles 14, verse 11, Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is none like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this vast army, O Lord, You are our God. Do not let man prevail against You. And you know in that account, they won a tremendous victory because they put their faith in God. But sad to say, later on in King Asus' reign, rather than looking to God for deliverance, he sought to make an alliance with um, Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram. He took money from the temple of the Lord to try to secure this alliance. And God was not pleased, and he delivered King Asa to his enemies. And so at one, it's sad. I mean, at one point, he sought the Lord, and God delivered miraculously, but later in life. And maybe you know accounts of people, people that have sought the Lord, and, but it just seems like later in life, somehow they, they go south, and, and it's sad. You wonder, what happened to their relationship with God? Some people maybe think a divided loyalty is possible. But Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says it is not possible. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Now for the main part of the message, I would invite you to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. I'd like to read the first two verses. Um, Mark 4. I'll read uh, 34 to 36. 35 to 36. And the same day, when even was come, He saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was, in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. Jesus said, let us pass over unto the other side. And I love that thought. When Jesus said, we're starting at one point and we're going all the way over to another point, that's where you're going. You're not going to be caught in the middle. You're going to pass from A to B. Let us pass over to the other side. And so, to the disciples, you know, a boat ride across the lake with Jesus after serving the crowds for a long time would have been a blessing, a, a fun thing to do, a relaxing way to unwind. But Jesus had a purpose in life. Jesus never wandered, he never meandered aimlessly from one town to another. And how do we know that? Because in Mark chapter 5, Jesus had a specific person to meet. And you know how Jesus was going there to meet the demon-possessed man of Gadara. But why did he say to his disciples, let us pass over to the other side? I believe there was at least two reasons he said that. Number one, that the disciples could observe the power of God. And secondly that they could participate in the power of God. And what was that divine purpose? And I believe it was to strengthen the faith of disciples in situations beyond human control. And we need that assurance in our lives that to strengthen our faith in situations beyond human control. I'd like to spiritualize that first phrase, let us pass over to the other side and tell you that I, I would say that Jesus will never abandon you in the middle of the storm. Jesus said we're here, we're going over to the other side, Jesus will never abandon you in the middle of your storm. It says here that they took Jesus even as He was. And most a lot of you, I'm sure know that ministering to the physical and spiritual needs of people can be very rewarding. <laughs> However, it can be somewhat tiring. Um, I, would just, I was thinking of Jesus and how the woman with the issue of blood, she came up behind him. Maybe I should turn to that, Luke chapter 8 verses 43 to 46. Luke chapter 8, verses 43 to 46. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately the issue of her blood stanced. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him, said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou, Who touched who touched me? And maybe I told you the other evening or not, I'm not sure. But maybe Brother Elam and Sister Ellen can relate to this. Sally and I was in Israel. We were in the old city going through the Damascus Gate. Was it Sally? Going through the Damascus gate and there was a crowd of people there like I'd never seen before. And we were we were in this street I mean, tight, there was people front, back, left, right, and we were in a crowd of press of people, and I couldn't help but think about this, this account, where Jesus said, somebody touched me, and the disciples, what do you mean, this crowd is crowding up against us, what do you mean somebody touched you? But Jesus said that someone had reached out in faith, and uh, i I have never forgotten that. I've never been in such a crowd of people. It was almost humorous. We were like sardines in a can, moving one way to another. I've never been in such a crowd of people. But Jesus said, "Virtue, force, or strength." He had virtue had gone out from him, and I guess I'd like to say I'm glad for Sundays, but you know that's a day of worship and rest. But if I preach on Sunday, Often Monday is a day for me to recuperate a little bit. I don't know how you find it, Nathan or David or whoever else is here. Um, it's kind of nice to, uh, to recuperate a little bit uh, the following day. Okay, I'd like to, I have a song here that could be handed out. Could I have two volunteers to come quickly and hand out a song sheet? You take this side, they're, they're right here. And and you just have to share some around. It's Master the Tempest is Raging. We're thinking about storms that come upon you and me, the different things that we face in life. And a lot of times they're unexpected. I'm sure there's probably not enough that everyone can have one, but thinking about the storms that we face in life, often they're unexpected. We'll sing it momentarily. It's my understanding that the Sea of Galilee is about 8 miles wide and 13 miles long, and it's 680 feet below sea level and it's surrounded by hills. And cool winds frequently rush down these slopes and they intensify close to the sea, often causing violent and unexpected storms. And many of the disciples were seasoned fishermen, but this was, no un- this was no ordinary storm. And you know, isn't that the way often the storms that come are often unexpected? They come maybe following a fulfilling time in life, a spiritual high, if you will, And all of a sudden, we are caught in a storm. Now, I don't know, in a crowd this size, it's very likely that someone here tonight is going through deep waters or a difficult storm. If you're not, if you've come through one, praise the Lord. But if you're not, it's possible there's one coming. So I'd like us to think a little bit about the unexpected storms in life and shall I like us to sing verses 1 and 2 and omit the chorus we'll sing verse 1 and verse 2 and we will omit the chorus then later on we we'll probably would like to finish the song i'm going to pitch it down just a little
1: mm-hmm. Master, the tempest is raging, the billows are tossing high, the sky is 'er o'ershadowed with black. with anguish our spirit.
0: I don't need to tell you, brothers and sisters, that often during the middle of the storm, answers seem few and far between. At a time when you're going around your regular routine, something suddenly happens over which you have little or no control. Very likely that has happened to some of you recently here in this congregation Or it could be a situation in life where you face for for years and years and and you're wore out. Years ago, an officer and his wife were aboard a ship that was caught in a raging ocean, ocean storm. And seeing the frantic look in her eyes, the man tried unsuccessfully to calm her fears. Suddenly, she grasped his sleeve and cried, How can you be so calm? He stepped back a few feet and drew his sword. Now we're getting to a little theology. It's a little different than what we're used to. Bear with me. Suddenly, he stepped back a few feet and drew his sword and pointing it at her heart, he said, Are you afraid of this? Without hesitation, she answered, Of course not. Why not? he inquired. She said, Because it's in your hand. And you love me too much to hurt me. To this he replied, I know the one who holds the wind and the waters in the hollow of his hand, and he will surely care for us. And I would like you all to just remember that whatever you face in life has been sifted through God's permission. 1 Corinthians 10 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Okay, let's turn back to Mark uh, and read verse Mark four thirty-eight. Mark chapter four, verse thirty-eight. This is a, a fervent Request. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? It's our human tendency to do just like the disciples did here in this account. We are tempted to exhaust every avenue, every idea, every avenue from a human perspective and then call on God for help. Are you and I just like the disciples, and we forget that the Lord is on board? Remember, Jesus was on the ship. Do we forget His promise in Matthew 28.20, where He says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And you know, we have many accounts in Scriptures where individuals met with situations that, humanly speaking, seemed impossible. And these people responded with serious questions. I'd like to just name a few of them. Abraham said, Shall a child be born to someone who's a hundred years old? Sarah said, Shall I, of a surety, bear a child which am old? They were individuals. They had questions. But God has answers. God said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Gideon said, wherewith shall I save Israel? With many or 300? He only had 300 men. Mary said, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And God's answer was, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Mary and Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother had not died. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now we'll go and read a divine intervention. There was a fervent request, Lord, carest now not that we perish. Let's read verses 39 to 41 and call this a divine intervention. And He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? It was only when the disciples were willing to surrender the oars and their fears And their lives to the Lord that all is well. Oh, the power of Jesus' words. Peace, be still. Three words. Peace, be still. And what were the results? The wind ceased and there was a great calm. I've often thought about that scene. Can you imagine... The wind, the waves, the darkness, the flashing of light and the thunder and the thrashing and all that going on. Peace be still. And there was a great calm. I think it was an eerie calm because Jesus said, Peace be still. It reminds me of a song that we used to sing in eight singing men. I'm going back a few years. Got Any Rivers was the title of that one song. Nathan, you probably helped sing this. Uh, part of it says, Got any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He does the things that others cannot do. I like that song. Now, if, if we could... I'd like us to go ahead and sing verse 3 and the chorus. So let's stand and sing verse 3 and the chorus of this song. Mm -hmm.
1: Master, the terror is over.
0: and I realize that a brother or sister is going through a great trial do we have a responsibility or an opportunity to share that we care Um, your devotional this evening Dan I'm amazed how often God orchestrates uh, songs devotions Sunday school sermons and they mesh together thank you Dan and so I ask Do you at times know of a brother and sister that's going through a great trial? Do you have a responsibility to that brother, that sister? Do you have an opportunity to show that you care? Galatians 6, verse 2. I'll read verse 1 as well. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I don't think I had this in my notes. It won't cost you anything extra. But it's my understanding that um, in, in the late 1800s, there was a man named Samuel Plymsoll. And Samuel Plym saw, um, there was a lot of boats out on the oceans, and there was, they were way overloading these boats and sending, sending them uh, to their various uh, places to unload. And they were way overloading, and they would get out into the open sea, and because they were way overloaded, a lot of these boats went down, lost a lot of produce, and a lot of lives were lost because of it. And Samuel Plimsoll was a man who somehow was able to calculate the ship and the load, and they put a line, a mark, on the edge of the ship. And so if the ship was overloaded heavy and went below where you couldn't see the line, well, then the ship was overloaded. And I'd like to think of a spiritual parallel. Uh, You and I, maybe we don't know it, but we probably have a line on our Christian experience. And there may be times when we're going through deep waters like we've been talking tonight, an unexpected storm comes up and we start to sink, sink below, where maybe you can observe and see a brother and, or a sister that maybe looks down or discouraged or has been having a hard time. And you can go. You have an opportunity to minister to that, that brother or sister. Do you know someone? Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I think that was 1876 that Samuel Plimsoll made, uh, made those lines on those ships. Do you feel that by observing and participating in the power of Christ, that the disciples were in a better position to minister to others, and I ask another question. Is it possible that following your storm, Christ desires to commission you to minister to others going through the same difficulties? And I really believe that God has a desire for you, maybe not only to sympathize, but if you went through deep waters, discouragement, depression, you've experienced those and you sense a brother or a sister going through the same thing, that God has a desire that you would go and minister to them their need uh, during their difficult times. That's what we read here in Galatians chapter six. But let's never forget, through the trials and storms of life, that the Lord is on board. The disciples, they were fighting the waves, and they were bailing water and trying to get through it, and forgot to look around. Jesus was on board. He was right there. Jesus is on board, isn't He? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. May God help us to readjust our focus from the winds and the waves to the One who is in control of the storm. And Jesus will never abandon you in the middle of the storm. Jesus said, let's go across to the other side. And you have begun your Christian life. He desires to take you to the other side. As long as we keep our focus and our faith in Him, He will do it. God has promised not to deliver us from the storm, but to be with us during the storm. Reminds me of some years ago when our son Richard was a little boy, three or four, I'm not sure. Sally probably remembers better than I do. Sally and I were shopping at Walmart. And we went in, we got a bunch of packages, we came out, And there was a swing set sitting there uh, beside the Walmart and we had a lot of packages to put. We put it in the van and, and we took off and we got down the road several miles and Sally said, well, where's Richard? So I don't know. I think he's in the back of the van. Richard? No answer. And we felt really bad. We turned around and a high rate of speed went back to Walmart. And this little four-year-old boy whatever he was he went in and said my mama and my daddy left me but i think he gave our address or telephone number or something but anyway god won't never do that to you uh, we might do it to people sometimes but god will never he said i'll never leave you nor forsake you so you can remember that little story um, we are not perfect people Sometimes we abandon people, but Jesus will never abandon you in the middle of your storm. Is there anything that can, you can experience, either physical or spiritual, that can separate you from the love of God? I would turn to Romans 8. You know these verses well, I'm sure, but I'd like to remind us of them again. Romans 8, 35-39. nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. From our text, once again, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. A.W. Tozer said this, Praying is not a substitute for obedience. And we know that trusting our Lord and following Him will never bring regret or disappointment because of failure on His part. And we will experience His grace and peace as we walk in intimate relationship with Christ. You know, some of the times that we experience some of these difficulties Maybe we don't understand the end product or what God is desiring or tri- or doing in our experience. I would like to read just a couple of verses. I will close soon from the last book in the Old Testament in Malachi, chapter three, verses two and three. Malachi chapter three, verses two and three. I had a sermon in Brian meetings one time and preaching right before right after Aiden Troyer, and I felt like one of the least of these my brethren, and I was, and that's fine. But he was preaching on God's refining fire that night, and he said, uh, let me read the verses, Malachi 3, 2 and 3. But who may abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appear? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. There was a man evidently that went up to the man. This is how he told it. Maybe not verbatim. But a man went up to the refiner of silver and asked him, why is it that the refiner must sit as he observes this process. And the refiner said, he must sit and observe the firing process very carefully because if the fire gets too hot, it will damage the silver. And then the second question they asked the refiner, how do you know when the refining process is finished? And he says, when I can see my image in the silver. And you know what, isn't that kind of like the uh, the verses we're thinking about being changed into the same image? And so brothers and sisters, keep the faith. You might be going through a difficult trial. I would just encourage those of you that have gone through difficult t- times, keep your eyes open for a brother or sister that's going through a difficult time. Don't be afraid to say, how's it going? And minister to their needs. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I had told you at the very beginning of this sermon about the two men that had cancer in our congregation. It's a good while ago, but both of those men are, are living today. The surgeries, those that had surgeries, I think they have recovered Uh, The couple that had the miscarriage, they now have three little boys. And the people that had the uh, loss of a grandchild, I guess over time, time heals. And the couple that had observed the suicide, they had a good feeling knowing that they gave someone spiritual help and, and gave them an opportunity. So in conclusion, is there anyone here this evening that is currently going through a storm? Are you battling the storm? Are you frantically bailing water just to keep your head above the waves? Remember, turn around. or Look in here. The Lord is on board. Turn around and surrender your oars to the Master. Do you have a need this evening in your life? Whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. And Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I would like to just give an opportunity to this evening, if you're going through a deep storm, and you feel like you have tried to battle it alone, and you feel like you need to, to just uh, surrender the, your, the oars and your will to the Lord Jesus, what shall we sing? Is there anyone um, here tonight that would like to surrender uh, the experience you're having uh, to the Lord? What song shall we sing?
1: We'll sing number 337, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Okay. Seven. What a
0: friend we have in Jesus. Okay, we'll, we'll sing two verses. As there, if there's no response, uh, we'll, we'll close the service. Um, but if the Lord has spoken to you, I know tonight's message was not as evangelistic as some, but all of us go through very, very difficult experiences. And uh, I'd just like to encourage us to look to Jesus. He is available And he will never abandon you in the middle of your storm. Let's sing.